You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. But the title of this is, We Find Ourselves in Those Days. And in Judges 21, verse 25, it's the very last chapter, very last verse in Judges, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And we find ourselves in a place where we're having to balance our faith and life in Christ in a uh, politically correct, social justice Everything's offensive. Everyone is a victim. Come on. (laughs) Everyone's waiting to sue you for something. I mean, when you can spill hot coffee on yourself and sue because it's too hot. We live in those days right now where we... If we don't get our way, we'll just burn it all down. <laughs> right? I mean, it is, it is crazy what we are seeing that immorality is out of control. Like we haven't seen in a long time. See, but what we're seeing is a harvest of seeds that were sown of we want God out of everything, and now this is the harvest that we are left to deal with. And the devil is in the details. And if you look real close, you can see the devil at work in our culture in America. Because in the 60s, a man sat before Congress and said and laid out, here is the communist social agenda to try to take over America. And everybody dismissed this guy. But the devil is in the details. Because the communist movement is a satanic darkness that is behind it. Do y'all hear what I'm talking about? There is an influence behind it, and it is the devil. Bottom line. It doesn't matter what party takes it in to get power, there's still the devil is in the details. Come on, are y'all with me? And so as Christians, as God begins to shake this nation is God begins to shake this whole world, basically. Things are falling off that are just not God. And I was talking with a pastor friend of mine the other day, and he was, he was like, what, what's going on down there? You know, because, you know, I guess, I, I don't know. Because he was like, man, there's pastors that are depressed and they're, shutting churches down churches are for sale and 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 they're just it, it's they don't know what to do and 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 I'm like well for one we we've ain't had time to be depressed around here and and we ain't 
social distancing. We, I mean, we're rocking on this thing. And I said, God is moving and people are hungry for the truth. And what God started 16 years ago with us, that we're shifting and changing the church back to the original design and intent that God had and that he's changing the face of the church from that sheep mentality and to where we just lay over and let everything just come in. One woman takes prayer out of school. We take God out of everything. Listen, that's not Christianity. And what we've done is, is we, have, we have made this church culture that we've designed for ourselves. In Proverbs 14, it says, there's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And that's where we find ourselves that we've been doing things our way and this is what it's led to. And now God's having to, to, to rewrite this ship. And so what it's done is, is it's thrown a ripple into the church culture in America that we might have been doing this wrong. Come on, are y'all with me? And so we find ourselves right here having to wade through this scripture and sort life out during this difficult time of every way's right in his own eyes. See, we have to remember that our way will not produce life or bear fruit of righteousness. Our way cannot. Our way cannot. And so Galatians 6 verse 7, I tell you what, let's turn there real quick. I don't know if y'all have that. That might have been an audible that, that I throwed at you. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. That's very simple. If you sow bad seed in your marriage, if you sow bad seed on your job, if you sow bad, come on, are y'all with me? What are you going to reap? If you look at your, this is so simple. I'm telling you, you don't have to overthink this. You don't have to go to four years of seminary. If you sow corn, you will reap corn. If you sow to your flesh, come on, that's what you're going to reap. If you're going to be an ignorant person in the morning when you wake up, guess what you're going to reap? Ignorance. It just can't, you can't get around it. Come on. If you sow to yourself, if you sow to your flesh, guess what you're going to get? You. Right? And then the next thing you know, your kids are reaping that too. Come on. Because when you sow to the flesh, it's just corruption. And then it spills over into the next generation for them to fight that giant in their life. 
man. Come on, somebody. Come on. This is going to be painful. See, we've created a way to make people feel like they're doing their Christian duty without having to bear their cross and die to themselves or put their hand to the plow. Come on, we've created a way that we can profess faith, but we don't possess Christ. See, we've created a way to come up in a system to profess, Lord, I repent of my sins and I receive you into my life, but yet we don't possess him. And so nothing changes, so we keep sowing to our own flesh, but yet we're, come on. Listen, and at some point, the guy that stands right here is going to have to be a dad. And that's what's happening here today is I've got to be a dad. I've got to be a spiritual father to those who are sitting under me because I can't keep watching self-destruction just eat away. Come on. Because at some point it's going to affect the body. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Because two things. One day, I have to stand before God. I fear God. I don't fear you. If you all pack up, get mad, get and leave, that's fine. Come on. Are y'all with me? But you got to hear where this is coming from. This is coming from a dad's heart. Because here's the thing about it. There's a difference in sons and vandals. When my sons tear something up, I deal with them differently than when I deal with a vandal that comes on my place and trespasses, two different things. You get that? <laughs> See, God does the same thing. As sons, we are disciplined. If we weren't disciplined, we wouldn't be sons. We'd be bastard kids running around with no discipline. Come on. Can we just have church? See, we created a gospel without process or consequences. And we took working out our salvation through fear and trembling out. In Philippians 2, 12 says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. In other words, to will so that you can bear good fruit and produce life. Come on. That's what God's doing. So when we act ignorant and we're unfaithful or we just do dumb things, which, come on, we all do. But see, we're sons. And so God straightens that out. Come on, are y'all with me? And then we pick up and we go again so that we don't miss the mark. Because everyone in here has an ordained purpose that God has for your life. And when we can't live right, we don't hit that mark. 
See, we've got to learn that there is a mark out there that we've got to hit. And are we going to mess up? Absolutely. Sure, we're going to mess up. But that don't mean we quit. Why? Because we're sons and God is faithful and he never leaves us. Come on. And he never takes us so far and then drops us off. Can I tell you, I can't count how many times that I have felt like God has just dropped me off. When everything is going awry, things don't look. I know this isn't what God has for me. I know, God has shown me what he's got for me, but I don't feel, come on. And it's because I needed a tweaking, right? Right? We all need a little fine-tuning. Everybody needs to be calibrated every once in a while. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Hey, it's cold outside and we're inside. <laughs> oh, man. See, when you take work out of the equation, and listen, that word work, when you look it up in the Greek, it's just work. It's labor. It's like, it's work. Listen, you can't take work out of the equation and make it about going to heaven because what happens is, is you get sloppy living then. Get real sloppy. See, we must have a balance of fear and love. There's got to be a balance in life and it is fear and love Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But realize this, verse 1, that in the last days difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless. Man, he's covering it all. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power and avoid such men as these. See, we get a clear picture right here and you can see it in our politics and in our church culture right now. We've got, we've got politicians that are governors that they can't even govern themselves. You know it? See, there's no fear of God. And they can sit up there and they can say, oh, we're praying for you. No, wait a minute. I may not want you praying for me. I've seen decisions you've made. I've seen how you voted on abortion. I've seen how you voted on, come on, are y'all with me in here? I've seen what you're allowing to take place in this country. I see the people you ain't helping. I see the people you say you want to help and you don't help. I see, come on, are y'all with me in here? God is not mocked. See, we're getting a clear picture that we've been holding to a form of godliness, but we've been denying the power of it to change us. See, there has to be change in our life. Look in Hebrews chapter 10. 
Are y'all still here? I'm going to move through this quickly. Hebrews 10, 26. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of fire which will consume the adversary. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I've been married going on 37 years, and you know what keeps me from cheating on my wife? That scripture right there. Do you know how many girls tried to get in my truck going to Las Vegas and say, oh, I want to go. Honey, you ain't got enough hair on your head. I fear God and my wife. Because she'll pull all your hair out. Come on, are y'all hearing me? This is what, when I'm by myself in Las Vegas for two weeks, keeps me on the straight and narrow because I fear God. Is anybody in here? That is fear God, is that we do what's right. It's, listen, temptation and trials are going to come to you. They're going to come. You can, you can bet on it. They're coming. But are you going to wait on God Come on, there's another scripture in the Bible that says he will make a way of escape. And that's always been my prayer. In the midst of the most Sodom and Gomorrah place on the face of this planet in Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm telling you right now, you better be looking for a way of escape. Come on. I'm just telling you, temptation's there. Oh, man, I want to go with you. No, you don't. I'm telling you, no, you don't. I'm not going to stand before God. Come on. See, we've lost that kind of fear of God when we made this just about a prayer and going to heaven. And that's why you, I know it's going through your mind. He talks about this all the time. You know why I talk about this all the time? It's because we need it. Because it ain't about just saying a prayer and it doesn't matter how many times you say it, people are still going to miss it. So I'm going to keep on saying it because that's what I'm called to do is to preach process that when you get saved, you become a son of God and what happens is is your old carnal nature has to die. And it is work to make it die. 
And when you give into it, it resurrects itself again. But what you do is, is you say, no, I fear God and I'm on, it's going to die. Without that, you ain't getting saved. Because here's what God wants is for you to fulfill the purpose in your life that there's a power and anointing that you can walk in that moves mountains, raises the dead, opens blind eyes, it heals the sick. Come on, are y'all in here? It come When you speak to your mountain and your giants, they move. Why? Because you've been putting that old man, you're a new creature in Christ, old things passed away, and now you're, come on, man. Somebody should have run around this place. That's what you put your eye on. Come on. What, what does the word say? People without vision perish. Listen, a vision will cause discipline in your life because let me tell you something, this ranch was always in my forefront and that's what kept me going forward. I didn't know how it was coming. I didn't know what it was all gonna be about. I had my own ideals, but let me tell you something. I didn't know, but I knew one day it was coming because that's what God's purpose was. And I knew that if I wavered from that, I would never see it. Come on. So now I see it. Now I walk on it every day. Now I wake up every morning, look out my windows at arenas and bulls and pens and and my kids, all my kids live on the ranch. All three of them and all seven of them grandkids. You don't think I'm not a blessed man? You put your vision ahead of you and you don't let the devil deter you from it. And let me tell you, he will try everything he can to keep you from reaching that purpose. Come on, because I'm telling you, the vision you see right now is still not even comparison of what he really has. It's going to be way bigger than what you think. And you're thinking right now, you're thinking, I don't have nothing. I don't, let me tell you something. We didn't have nothing. And what we did have, they were trying to find to come get it to repo it. Come on. So when I tell you that God can get you there, he'll get you there, but you're going to have to fear the Lord. You're going to have to fear him. Come on. See, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. It is the lack of understanding of this that we get out of balance. See, we have the law that shows us that we're sinners. Galatians 3.24, therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. Listen, this ain't no hellfire and brimstone message. This is just how to produce life, good fruit. 
in your life. You can't be lazy, unfaithful, uncommitted, keep on doing the same old things and be blessed and bear fruit. It just ain't going to happen. Why? It just, things just don't happen that way. You can't put a seed in the ground and never cultivate it, never water it, never do anything and get something. Come on. Go plant a tomato plant and just be hands off and see what happens to it. Right? What, it's going to be choked out, starved, right? It's just the way God designed everything. All creation speaks of his glory. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. See, you can't live your way and call it godly and then it produce life. You, you just can't do that. See, and what we've done is we've tried to lower God to our standards rather than to repent and rise to his standard. And it just produces some bad consequences in our life when we live that way thinking we can lower God down to our standard of living because of grace, because God is a loving God. Come on, are y'all hearing me? We use that excuse all the time, and it's very dangerous. See, we look at the law of the commandments, and it shows us where we're, where we're out of alignment. And then we repent and we get back in alignment. Listen, we're always going to mess up. Let me just repeat that again. We're always going to mess up and screw up because we're, we, we, we're, we're not perfect. And sin is always going to be trying to chase us down. Sin is missing the mark. But at some point, we have to go, wait a minute. I see the word, and this is what produces life. This is what produces death. This is what, come on. Look in 1 Corinthians. Because listen, God wants us to produce good fruit. Right? 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 9, or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Look what he says, and such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Listen, he's talking to Corinth here. And in the city of Corinth, it was in a city of Greece. And, and the thing about this was, is it was just like America. It was a thriving per, uh, metropolis. It was, it was the third largest city. And, and people were coming. It was a trade route. And people were coming from all over the world to this 
Corinth and it was a melting pot of religions and cultures and, oh God, it was just, just like America. And Paul thought it would be a great place strategically to start a gathering and congregation of people. I'd like to ask him about that now. Because I'm telling you, he had headache after headache with this place. Because they would get in gross immorality. They were having a hard time leaving. Some of them were converted from paganism and they were, they were having a hard time converting. They try to bring that religion into the church. And he would have to deal with it. And they were, they were having, you talk about gross immorality. They were incestuous relationships. They were, they were, there was divisions in the body. They were suing each other. They were arguing over what to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, what you can, what you can't, what you... I mean, they, they, done, they couldn't even live practical. Does that sound familiar? Listen, the devil knows no new tricks. He just repeats the same ones, but yet we don't learn. And we don't see it. And the next thing you know, the whole church is out of order. And Paul has to step in and be the dad and say, look, you can't do this anymore. Y'all don't even look like the body. Don't you understand? Y'all are affecting the whole body of the of Christ. Y'all are making a mockery of, come on, are y'all with me? And they weren't bearing any fruit for the gospel. It was just a mess. They weren't reaching. They weren't, listen, Paul's intent was that, man, this will be strategic and we can branch out to the whole world, all these people that are coming and then now we can, come on, Paul says, we gotta, we got to remember what we're about here. See, they were holding to a form of godliness and it wasn't producing the life in the body of Christ. They weren't fulfilling their purpose that God called them to. Listen, when our lives get sloppy, we have to get back to the basic, simple truth. Fear God. It's just bottom line. There ain't an athlete on this planet that doesn't get in a slump. And what does every athlete do when they get in a slump? Go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. And the basics in Christian faith Fear God. Fear God. That's how simple this is. Because when we fear God, then we love Him. Because we have a terrible dread of displeasing God because we love Him that much. Come on, are you with me? Is anybody too far gone? No. My God, go watch Wade's testimony. 
if you don't think God can still use you, <laughs> go watch Wade's testimony. But let me tell you what Wade did. Let me tell you what Kelly did. Is they wouldn't quit coming to this altar. And I watched them Sunday after Sunday after Sunday come and break at this altar. And break at this altar. While their life was in the pit, they wouldn't quit coming to this altar. Wade was not scared to raise his hands on his knees at this altar and worship the one person that could fix the mess that his life was. Come on. And it changed everything. Changed everything. Psalms 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. See, to properly navigate through life and where we are right now in a society, in a culture that does everything that is pleasing in their own sight. Come on. And not to be sucked in and drawn in to that kind of culture where it's okay to not, come on, do the principles of God? Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, what keeps me from cheating on my wife? What keeps me from when I twist off to go back knowing I have to repent? Come on. Yes, your pastor has twisted off a few times on some people. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit's telling me, you know you're going to have to repent. Yeah, I do know. But I'm, tell, I'm fixing to tell them. You're being ignorant. But I do. I go back. And, and here's, the, here's the most amazing thing that happens. The last guy I twisted off on for tearing up the tractor was the guy that was pouring daddy's concrete, slat, concrete driveway. And I twisted off on this guy. And as a matter of fact, his whole crew. And I had to go back and repent to every one of them. Here's how great God is. Do you know that they bought some of the chairs in here? That's right. They said, you're a man of God. I'm like, do what? <laughs> I'm a what? Because that's not what I showed you. But when I repented, come on, y'all hear me? Twice that man has gave an offering to this church. Twice. I don't get it. 
but all I know is I fear God and I know that I trust him to work it out when I screw up. Come on, are y'all with me? And so I keep working on that. And I keep working on that. And I know I'm a little rough at times, but I'm just telling you, living for Christ and fearing God has its reward and it will produce life. It will produce life. Listen, repenting to your kids will produce life. Telling your children that you're going to stick it out no matter what so they'll know you're God's God will produce life. Come on, you can go and repent to your kids that, hey, I just, I, you didn't come with a manual. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. I mean, even Mary lost Jesus. I mean, so, I mean, the pressure's off, parents. Even Mary lost Jesus, you know? <laughs> Come on, if you've got more than one kid, you know you've screwed one up. <laughs> Oh, Proverbs 1, 29, because they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. Boy, I like that one. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. See, he's telling you what the fear of the Lord is. It's to hate evil, the pride and arrogance in an evil way, and a perverted mouth. Come on, are y'all with me? Proverbs 14, 26, 27. In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. How confident was Daniel when he stood in the lion's den? Come on. What's to fear? Come on, when you're bold as a lion, you won't be eaten by them. But if you're a sheep, Lions like sheep. Come on, are y'all with me? See, the fear of the Lord produces confidence. <laughs> Man, circle that one. And his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Come on, when you fear the Lord, listen, God will move the snare of the trapper, the devil. He'll, he'll, he'll come on, y'all, he'll help you navigate through those things that are going to produce death in your life and not produce life. Man, 
I really like this one. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and turmoil with it. That's just good stuff. Proverbs 16, 6. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Proverbs 19, 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Come on, man. Need a good night's sleep? Proverbs 22, verse 4. I'm going to turn there and read it. I'm telling you, Proverbs was the greatest thing. I'll never forget my mother telling me at 19 years old, you need to read Proverbs every day. There's 31 Proverbs. There's 31 days in the month. And my mama said, you read one of those coinciding with the days of the month. And I did that. And I'm telling you, it'll change your life. I still read it today. It'll change your life. Proverbs 22, verse 4, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. And then look what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Come on. You think the fear of the Lord is something to that? There is something to it. It's the beginning. If y'all would stand. Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners but live in fear of the Lord always. Come on, don't let your heart envy sinners. You can't look around at what people have and what they don't have. And Come on, are y'all hearing me? You fear the Lord. You fear the Lord. See, it's time for the body of Christ to get back to the very principle, the very simple principle that leads to life, and that's to fear the Lord. Listen, God is so good, and He has so much for us. Come on. You're good. Come on. Have, they're coming. Come up here. Miss Heather. She's going to put the icing on the cake here. I don't know what she's going to say, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, okay, so it dropped in my spirit. Um, the difference whenever you said that we have to die to our carnal flesh and that that's the difference between us 
as Christians and the world as people that just do good in the world. And like you can look at, that's why, that's what's so thrown off with um, society today is because they can say, oh, well, look how much they give to charities and they do this. The difference is as a Christian, we've died to ourselves. And the reason behind that is because God has a good plan. Sorry, let me see. Um, sorry, no, 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 sorry. Um, okay, so I was in Matthew 24, 2, and he talks about um, the destruction of the temple. And Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him, calling his attention to its buildings. He said, do you see all these things? He asked, truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. The destruction of the temple. We know that our body, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We know that we are to treat our body as the temple. But not one stone, not one lie, what, not one sinly desire, not anything that's in our flesh will be left. Hmm. And that's part of us dying to ourselves. The other thing that um, dropped in my spirit um, we're so quick that when we hear repentance, we're like, okay, I'm sorry, Lord. But we have to like, if you really break down repentance, which means just to turn away from, but pay attention to that moment when you feel the need to repent, when you have the conviction from the Holy Spirit, and then you have confession. Confession in the Greek actually means to agree upon. So you're agreeing with God's word that that's not right. I've got to fix that. And then finally, repentance, which means to turn away from. So it's just pay attention to whenever in that moment, whenever you feel the need to repent. Um, It's good. And then the other thing is sometimes it gets super scary whenever we try to think of, okay, dying to ourselves. this is everything that I know right now and everything else. But we have to remember that God doesn't just do things that are good. Everything that God does is good. He is the hmm. exact perfection there. So we can't look at like, okay, well, this is just a good idea. Like God did this because it's good. No, everything he does is good. And you That's can look good. at that in the beginning of Genesis, everything that he created, he said it was good. And then he got to us and it's very good. That's so I good. just want to encourage y'all with that. And I'll give you back. <laughs> That's good. I tell you, that reminds me. The other day, I was, I was feeding, and uh, and Randy Free, he texts, he'll text me all the time, just thoughts that he has, and uh, he was with his horseshoer, and uh, and his horseshoer had said something about cracking the egg, and and Randy, he said, what. He, he, here's what he sent me because it was like that. The Lord dropped it in his spirit. He says, what's cracked your egg? Because when something on the outside cracks the egg, it dies. But if the egg is cracked from the inside, it produces life. And he texts a whole lot of other stuff, but I couldn't get past that because we always say it with bull riders and young guys is, oh man, they, that bull done cracked his egg. And, I, and man, when he said that, 
it just went off in me. Listen, the Spirit on the inside, the Holy Spirit is at work for His will, for His good pleasure. What did Jesus say? If you'll fall on this stone and be broken, it'll produce life. If it falls on you, it'll crush you. Come on. See, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work on us on the inside, and like Heather said, when we hear that and we repent, listen, that's that breaking on the inside. Come on. But when we make so many bad decisions and those consequences start, come on, wearing us down, it's breaking us on the outside. And that does not produce life. Come on. But when we allow the word to come in and to work on us on the inside, see, that's where the church missed it. We wanted the outside to change before the inside changed. Come on. So we put all these pressures on people to change on the outside, but they never changed on the inside. Come on. Father, we thank you. Lord, and we come to you. And Lord, we just stand before you as your sons and your daughters. That Lord, we want to get this right. And in the day and time which we live, Holy Spirit, we need you now more than ever to be able to navigate through this society and this culture that we live in. Lord, to be able to fulfill the purpose that you have put and ordained on our life. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the ability to work out our salvation with fear and trembling that we may be pleasing to you. And Father, I thank you for it. And we cover all this word in the blood of Jesus that, Lord, we can not be robbed of it, but, Lord, that we can put it into action. And Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love y'all. Y'all stay warm. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.